USAA is proudly celebrating 100 years of serving the military community. It was a group of soldiers who launched USAA in 1922 by joining together to insure each other's vehicles when no one else would. Since then, USAA has grown to more than 13 million members strong. And through it all, one thing has remained. USAA is still serving the military community and their families. Find out more at USAA.com slash 100. I'm Nanette Preday. Coming up on The Veteran's Voice, tips on finding a job for veterans and military spouses and overcoming the challenges of actually getting a job as a military spouse. And hot! Welcome to The Veteran's Voice, presented by USAA. Veterans Voice is a service of Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center, originated from the Optum Podcast Studios in partnership with podcast channel sponsors, Medicare Mentors, Technology Partner, Colorado Computer Support, and Supporting Partner, WireNut Home Services. And now... Here's your host. Welcome to Veterans Voice, presented by USAA, coming to you from the Optin Podcast Studios. I'm Nanette Breday. Here with me today are Mark Smith, Director of Transition Employment at Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center, and Blair Irado, Military Spouse Job Coach. In our second half, we will be joined by Sue Hobkin, the founder and president of the National Military Spouse Network. Mark Welcome to Veterans Voice. Thanks well, thank, for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks, Nanette. And it's always good to see you after many years of working with you. So it's it's always an honor and a privilege. Thanks. I appreciate it very much. I understand you've got something new coming for transitioning veterans here at Mount Carmel. Tell me about it. Yeah. So um, we're working on a two-day interview workshop called LINK, uh, Learning, Interviewing, Networking, and Knowledge. Um, it's going to cover down on some interview skills. We're going to do Myers-Briggs. Um, we're going to do um, a few classes after the mock interview. So we're going to bring companies in. We'll do live fire interviews. Um, they'll give them feedback on how they did during the interview. And then we'll have a couple more classes, and then we'll jump into the networking piece, which, you know, two things I leave our clients with are, you know, utilize all your resources in networking. Uh, we will be doing the networking event at Black Hat Distillery along with the public house right after those uh, link workshops. You know, in typical military fashion, you're networking at a bar. Yes, <laughs> that is true. Um, you know, we, we always kind of brief brief our clients that go to these events. Um, obviously, it's open to everyone. Um, our clients, we kind of tell them, hey, there's nothing wrong with getting a beer. Just don't get drunk and belligerent and try to ask somebody for, you know, hey, do you have a job for me? <laughs> um, I haven't seen that in my three years at Mount Carmel at a networking event. So hopefully we continue that pattern. So what's the best tip you have for someone in a social event for networking? You know, you don't ever want to go up and ask an employer, hey, you know, I'm a IT guy, cyber guy, construction guy, gal, whatever, uh, and say, hey, do you got a job for me? You know, you want to kind of go up. You want to start just talking, um, kind of breaking the ice with these folks and and just using your elevator speech, you know, and and. And that's I'm not going to go into the elevator speech because that's something we're going to go over in the link workshop. So, so I'm you're not giving teasing away, them. Absolutely. I'm not giving away all the all the little tidbits right now over the air. But uh, if you're an introvert, you have to kind of break out of that shell. You know, for me, I'm an extrovert. I can talk to anyone. So even though you don't like doing that, you have to do it because 
I can tell you the the probably the biggest thing about getting a job is that networking piece. Um, it's not just going to Indeed or you know going to the Monster website. or USA. Absolutely. Or, or, yeah, or even the company websites. I mean, you know, if if you go to a website, a lot of times they're going to have the ATS, which is the applicant tracking system, and you apply and you don't understand how to tailor the resume and all that, and you start going into that and applying, you're probably going to get kicked back. Um, finding that person that works there, reaching out, meeting them for coffee, having a beer with them. You Creating know. a relationship. Absolutely. And then once you do that, then you can say, hey, I see this job as a XYZ. I'm actually qualified to do X, Y, and Z. What do you think? And that could be your inside. One of the facts I've heard is a 75 to 80% of all jobs are found through networking. I believe that number. Um, I don't have updated statistics, but I, I truly believe that. You know, just a little background on me, the three jobs I've had since transitioning out of the Army, um, I found from networking. You know, I had people tell me about it and say, hey, Mark, go apply. Okay. You can't wait for everybody to come up and say, I've got a job for you. Or have you heard about this job? You've got to be doing some work in the background um, and researching those job sites. So it's a combination of both. You've got to do the research before you walk into those networking events and career fairs. Exactly. And, you know, this town, you know, I always say this is a big town but a small community. Um, Somebody that you know, I know. Um, and that goes with, with anybody. I mean, you can go anywhere to a networking event and people say, where's Mark? Well, <laughs> Mark can't attend everything that I would love to do. But, you know, there are plenty of resources out there. There's networking events. I mean, networking breakfast, Veterans Beer Club, our networking events. You know, so there's plenty of opportunities. And you want to be seen at these events. And honestly, you don't have to spend any money. You don't have to buy a beer. You don't have to buy breakfast. You don't have to, you know, buy a snack or anything. You can just go mingle with everybody, drink water, and just go from there. Sounds good. Well, give me a second, Mark. I want to uh, take a break. The Veterans Voice is produced in the Optum Podcast Studio. Optum in Colorado and Mountain View Medical Group, part of Optum, offer 20 clinics throughout the Pikes Peak region. Their primary and specialty care doctors provide quality, patient-centered care backed by Optum's industry-leading health services and technology. Optum is dedicated to helping our community live healthier while keeping care affordable. Visit OptumCare.com slash Colorado to learn more and schedule your appointment today. Mark, tell me more about Link. Why Link? So this is going to, you know, this is not a resume writing workshop. Um, I have peer navigators that can assist you with that. I can assist you with your resume. Um, This is going to go more into you, what you want to do, life after the military, and then going into those interview skills. And one thing, you know, we kind of preached, even with Prep Connect 360, was you're getting the feedback from the employers as to, hey, this is what you did right. This is what you maybe should work on and things like that, which to me I think is key because interviews I've done in the past, I never got feedback. What what did I not do that could have pushed me over the edge to get that job? 
um, I think that's going to be huge with this workshop coming up. So um, the first one we're, we're working at is, is going to be April 12th and the 13th. Um, and then the 13th being our networking event right after the, the workshop. So we're actually, uh, it, it's still in the infancy stage, but it, we should be up and running by April. So this is the pilot program. It is, yeah. It's going to be the very first one. Um, <laughs> so I, I have pretty much everybody at Mount Carmel pushing me on this, and, and I'm working it. You know, it's a, um, I, I won't say logistically it's difficult, but logistically it's difficult. <laughs> um, so who qualifies to come? How much does it cost? How do they register? Well, the cost is free. You know, the, the four-letter, F, five-letter F word. Um once we get that, um, all I need is your two-page resume. That goes to the employers when when they come in to start the workshop so they know who they're going to interview. Um, anybody qualifies, transitioning service members, veterans, military spouses, and dependents between 18 and 26. So National Guard, Reserve, if we can formulate a military affiliation with you, we're going to get you in the workshop. And military spouses? Absolutely. Let's take a pause here. When it's time to consider your Medicare options, it's time to talk to Medicare Mentors. Medicare Mentors, powered by Spark, is veteran-owned, a long-standing Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center partner and Veterans Voice channel provider. More than that, they go above and beyond to make sure that when you need them, they're there lending a helping hand. Medicare Mentors, powered by Spark, always above and beyond. Visit MedicareMentorsLLC.com for more information. We've got a couple more minutes. Tell me what you're most proud of accomplishing in your position as Director of Transition and Assistance at Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center. You know, I always preach Mount Carmel, no matter where I'm at. Um, You know, especially a lot of the organizations, other organizations that I belong to, it's all military affiliation. You know, just seeing folks that I've spoken to out on the street and seeing them walk in the door. I think for me, that's what I'm most proud about is, you know, just we're out there every day, um, even on the weekends most of the time, um, helping everyone we can. Um, You know, not only just the transitioning service members, veterans, military spouses, dependents. I mean, we've we've helped, you know, 16 and 17-year-olds build a resume who's never done that before. I know we're going to get into the military spouse later, but you there, you can't stress it enough, the importance of military spouses. Um, you know, 100% support that program. Blair does a great job with it, and, you know, it's just uh, it's amazing to see the spouses come in and, and say, I didn't know you guys did this. And Yes, we do. Hey, Mark, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your information. Give the phone number for registering for LINK one more time, please. So the phone number is 719-309-4724. That's my direct line to my office. Call me. I'll get you registered, um, get you some information out, and then we'll go from there. Sounds good. Thanks again for being with us today, Mark. As always, Nanette, it's an honor and a privilege to be in your presence. Oh, geez. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Nanette Braday. You're listening to the Veterans Voice. Mark Smith and Blair Arado will be joining us shortly for discussions on military spouse employment challenges. 
Stay tuned. You're listening to The Veteran's Voice, presented by USAA in partnership with Optum, Medicare Mentors, Colorado Computer Support, and the Wirenut Home Services. Welcome back to The Veteran's Voice, presented by USAA. I'm Nanette Braday, and I am here with Mark Smith, Director of Transition and Employment at Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center, and Blair Erato, Military Spouse Job Coach. So welcome to Veteran's Voice. Thanks for having us, yeah, Nanette. Thank you. You're welcome. So Blair, tell me about what you do as a Military Spouse Employment Coach. Yes, ma'am. So um, I am the Military uh, Career Program Coordinator. I help spouses, um, you know, obtain employment. Uh, so that is helping to navigate, you know, uh, resumes, uh, mock interviews. Some career coaching? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, so career coaching. And um, also I do kind of offer what I call career exploration. So I get a lot of the time that spouses don't really quite know what to do or how to um, navigate the the labor gaps, I guess you can say, on the resumes. And so I help them to navigate that as well. Career exploration. I really like that term. Yes. That says it all. Yes. So why do you think military spouses have those gaps in their careers? What's different? Yeah, so um, military spouses actually face, you know, very unique challenges. Um, They are constantly moving with the active duty uh, service member, um, their families, um, and they're having to uh, find, you know, meaningful um, work in terms of career. It can be difficult to do that because they're moving so often. Um, Also, um, one thing is childcare. So childcare can be really um, difficult to find in each and every place and having to get on that wait list and especially now after COVID. For them it's um, very challenging and um, but that's kind of where I come in and I kind of help to support them through that. For our listeners that are not familiar with the military lifestyle how I mean civilians move around What's different with the military lifestyle? How often do those families have to move? Sure. So I read an article once that um, during the service member's career, um, a spouse that will move along with them and their families will move about four to six times during that time frame. And so um, that's, you know, many times throughout their career that they're trying to establish. Um, And so... Um, it's really difficult because uh, for the vast majority, you know, every time the family is uprooted from place to place, um, most uh, spouses have a really hard time, you know, finding new employment. So kind of the belief is that most employers, um, you know, that don't want to hire spouses because why would they want to invest in someone who's moving in a few years? However, you know, that's not true for most employers. You know, uh, most employers know that military spouses offer a tremendous um, amount of benefits to their company. So that could be, you know, diverse backgrounds, experiences, skills. Uh, Military spouses tend to be highly um, educated um, and they are adaptable and resilient as well. So um, companies want and uh, definitely should want to hire military spouses because of what they bring to the table. I'd like to jump on that resiliency piece, you know. When I was in the in the army, about every two years I was moving, and and I was married, had kids at the time, and you know my wife at the time, everything kind of landed in her lap. You know, for me, all I had to do was clear, get shots, and you know go about my day and 
get my clearing papers after that was done, do my final out, get my award and leave. You know, as far as the, the household stuff and all that, that all fell on my wife at the time. And, you know, I, I cannot stress for military spouses just that resiliency piece. Um, you know, moving around every two years, sure, civilians do it. Um, you know, when you're in the military and you get to your duty assignment, you're getting settled, and that takes a while. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's like 18 months later, you're packing up and doing it all over again. So, so in a normal 20-year career for the military, you might move as frequently as eight or ten times over that 20-year span. Is that right? Yes. You know, the longest I stayed anywhere was when I went recruiting, and I was in Charleston, Illinois, for four years. And then left, went to Litchfield. I was there for 18 months, then went to Jeff City for three years. So I think it averages about every two years. I think if you get lucky, you can uh, be at some place for a very extended amount of time. An extended amount of time, like three years. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Three, four years. That was great. And actually, that is service dependent based on their culture, their mission needs, et cetera. So why are military, why is this such a big deal about helping military spouses find jobs? You know, happy wife, happy, happy life, I think. Um, and, and I know there are male, male sp- military spouses out there, and I, do, I don't mean to say that. I just use that term. You know, if your spouse is happy, then it, it makes for a happier household, I think, just my opinion. You know, especially military service members don't make a lot of money. Um, I don't. I I never did it for the money. I did it because I enjoyed being in the army. Um, I think that extra income from your spouse assists a great deal because the price of everything is going up right now. So let's hold that thought. We'll be back in just a second. Imagine never having to worry about your information services and systems again. Colorado Computer Support, the exclusive Veterans Voice technology partner meeting all of our computing needs. Colorado Computer Support is veteran-owned. They're your team for innovative, collaborative IT services and solutions to enhance and support your Colorado business. When you need IT services to keep your business going, make sure the Colorado Computer Support Team is on your team. Call 719-355-2440 to learn more. That's 719-355-2440. So we're back with Blair Irado and Mark Smith. We are talking about the importance of happy, contented military spouses and employed military spouses. So might it have something to do with retention, recruiting? You know, I I was a recruiter for 13 years. Um, the mission never stops. You know, when I retired from the Army, I retired from recruiting. They replaced me with, with another 79 Romeo. Um, you know, so it, it never stops. It's always a process. From what I saw at the very end of my career, you know, recruiting is always difficult. It's always going to be difficult no matter what happens, you know. So I, I really wouldn't say that the, the – It affects recruiting, but it does affect retention. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's it could go either way, honestly. Um, you know, I, I haven't seen any statistics or anything like that recently. 
on recruiting or retention. So um, luckily, I was never a retention person. Um, so, you know, I was a recruiter. That was that was rough enough. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. So Blair, when earlier we had talked about a program Carmel was going to offer our veterans. Give me a second. We'll be right back, and I want more information on that program. Every season brings a new strain on your home's heating systems. Veteran Voice Partner, the Wirenut Home Services, is the company you can count on to handle your heating, cooling, and electrical needs. They're family-owned, proud to employ honest, hardworking Coloradans. When you need plumbing, heating, cooling, or electrical help, the Wirenut does that. Call 719-399-5021. Again, that's 719-399-5021. All right. Blair, tell me about this program that we have available here at Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center for veterans and spouses. Yes. So I wanted to elaborate a little bit more on the uh, Mill Spouse Career Program Um um, that's, you know, my program. So um, male spouses and dependents, uh, you know, ages 18 to 26. Um, and I assist with, you know, helping with resume suggestions, um, mock interviews, because we all know how important that is to kind of hammer out. Um, I also send out, you know, a newsletter that's kind of like compiled with like an immense amount of um, jobs and resources on the community. You know, I also help with, you know, trying to obtain um, some volunteer opportunities or, you know, um, certifications, um, you know, and so we do that. And so I wanted to also mention that um, it's military spouse that of any status. So uh, whereas if they're um, the service member is retired or active duty or if they're even separated um, or no longer married, I also help with those spouses as well. Um, so. It, it can be difficult, you know, um, being a military spouse, believing that, you know, you might be the only one in, and you don't have to feel like that. There are many, you know, groups out there that and um, organizations such as Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center, um, where we are trying to create this, you know, um, community of helping professionals and, and uh, individuals out there who need assistance. So, uh, at Mount Carmel, we also offer what's called, um, through the Health and Wellness uh, Department, they have a military and veteran spouse and partner group. So it's, you know, if are you the spouse or partner of a service member or veteran, um, it is on Tuesdays at 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Um, you would just call the number at 719-309-4758 to get connected with one of the intake specialists over there to find out if that would be a great program for you to get involved in as a, a military spouse or partner group. Well, Mark and Blair, I want to thank you so much for being with us here today. Mark, that phone number for services here at Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center, one more time. So the Mount Carmel general number is 719-772-7000, and just ask for whatever department you're looking for, and they will transfer you up to us. Thank you. I'm Nanette Braday. You're listening to The Veterans Voice. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Veterans Voice, presented by USAA in partnership with Optum. Medicare Mentors, Colorado Computer Support, and the Wirenut Home Services. 
Welcome back to Veterans Voice, presented by USAA. I'm Nanette Brede, and my guest for this segment is Linda Sink, the Manager of Fundraising and Events at Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center. So, Linda, what's going on? Good morning, Nanette. Thank you for having me. There's a whole lot going on always. However, there's a couple of things I want to highlight. The first is our food distribution event coming up on February 24th. This is a hand up, not a handout. There's no registration required. And we're always looking for volunteers and community partners to come and help pass out the food to the community that needs it. So if you're interested in attending or participating or volunteering, you can always call me. I'm at 719-772-7000. The next date is February 24th. The last one was great as always. But if you want to come out on February 24th, we will be at the Norris Penrose event upper parking lot at 1125 West Moreno Street. And again, you can go to our website, veteranscenter.org, or give me a call 719-772-7000 for more details and information. So who, who's qualified? to take advantage of this anybody and everybody if you're just in need for for a week you need a a few supplies come on out we're not going to ask you for any personal information we just need basic demographics what part of town are you in how many people are in your family that we need to help you with and then you pull up open the trunk we put some food and supplies in there and you're on your merry way it it takes literally minutes to do that however it starts at 11 o'clock, so I would encourage you to get to the line by 9, 30, 10 o'clock, get in line, wait for the supplies, and then we'll send you on your merry way. So veterans, military, or or civilians. civilians. Military and non-military. It doesn't matter. It's open to the entire community, all of Colorado Springs, Southern Colorado. If you need some help, come visit us. Thanks. Yeah. So the next thing we have, uh, our friend Josh Rosa is in the studio today. We're talking about an upcoming event in February. Uh, It's our Disc Golf Charity Tournament uh, on behalf of Dynamic Discs Veterans for Vets. Josh, tell us a little bit. uh, What what do we need to know about this thing? What's the purpose of this event? Um, Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And uh, the purpose of the event is to give back to the veterans and the community and try and raise funds to make sure that we're taking care of uh, those that have served our country. Um, uh, The purpose of the entire event is just get people introduced into the sport and meet with new people that, you know, maybe they might not have met before and kind of join that community right then and there. Sounds cool. Sounds like a lot of fun. And it is going to be outside. So hopefully the weather... uh the weather plays, holds. plays nice, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So who's actually hosting the event? Who's who's behind all of this? So that's going to be the Veterans Disc Golf Club of Pikes Peak. Um, they're located on Facebook. Um, they're a, a part of a larger organization where veterans get together and they play a rounds of disc golf and just kind of get that camaraderie. Uh, a main part of it is to make sure that people are not feeling like they're going at it alone or kind of just off on an island by themselves. They can find people through disc golf and join up and meet up with other people. Sure. Um, the best part about disc golf is that, you know, you can show up to a league, you can show up to a course, and you're going to make almost instant friends because a lot of people want to play with other people. And so when you start to realize that you've got uh, common threads, it makes it a lot easier to meet people that you're going to have better relationships with. Sure. Sounds like a great time. 
it's almost like any sport. People just want to go out and play and have a good time. This is just another sport or activity that is family-friendly. You can take your kids out there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, who can come to the event leading into that? Who can come? Beginners, intermediate, advanced, newbies? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's involved or invited to come out to our event. Um, We've got uh, three different divisions. We've got the advanced, we've got the novice, and then we've also got one specifically for the U.S. vets. Um, but regardless of which um, uh, skill level you're at, you're more than welcome to come out. We'll also have a vendor, Disc Revolution, on site who will have uh, plastic for people to sell. And we'll also have um, people out to give up some of their old plastic so that people can try it again. Oh, that's nice. I do the same thing in my other sports as well. You just lend your equipment out for people to borrow and test it out, see if they even like it, right? Correct. So for the community, if you're interested in attending, visit Veterans for Vets. Dot com for more information you can sign up you can register it looks affordable what 25 bucks to get in and play have a good time um nine o'clock where, where is this at this is going to be at cumberland green it's down in fountain uh the address is 9614 jimmy camp road just look up cumberland green disc golf course beautiful thank you for being here thank you nanette for having us it's always a pleasure josh and linda thank you so much for joining us today I'm Nanette Brede, and for those of you listening on KRDO, join us for our second half with our guest, Sue Hopkin, founder of the National Military Spouse Network. And you can find us on your favorite podcast platform at veteransvoice.us. That's veteransvoice.us. You're listening to The Veterans Voice, presented by USAA in partnership with Optum. Medicare Mentors, Colorado Computer Support, and the WireNet Home Services. Welcome back to the second half hour of Veterans Voice, presented by USAA, and coming to you from the Optum Podcast Studio. Like, share, and subscribe to the podcast to get the full hour on demand at veteransvoice.us. That's veteransvoice.us. I'm Nanette Brede, and my guest speaker today, Sue Hoppen. She is the founder and president of the National Military Spouse Network. Sue, welcome. Thank you, Nanette. It's so great to be here with you. Sue is a national recognized expert on military spouse and family issues, working to bridge the cultural gap between government, private and public groups, and military communities. Sue Tell me about National Military Spouse Network. Sure. I mean, I think I wouldn't be telling tales out of school if um, I let people know that you and I met when we were both working. You know, you were on the board and I was working for a military um, affiliated nonprofit. And I was really enjoying the work I was doing there in terms of helping military spouses. But it became apparent that... um, we need something that was dedicated to military spouse employment, right? There were so many issues that everybody was worrying about. And I just wanted to care about spouse employment because the numbers have been so high that I thought that I could do more if I started my own social enterprise. Um, And so that was how we founded the National Military Spouse Network. And basically we support military spouse professionals um, through programming, through content and resources. And then for the past five years, 
We've also um, introduced a white paper annually that looks at all the research and the work that's being done around military spouse employment. We do a little bit of analysis and kind of identify the gaps in the resources and the legislation and make recommendations about what it would really take to move the needle on spouse employment. And so that brought about another um, pillar for us, which is we make sure that policymakers and decision makers are aware of the gaps that would help facilitate um, better employment opportunities for military spouses. And then we make recommendations about what they could do to mitigate those gaps. Um, And so we're really privileged to serve the military spouse community in that way. And everything we do is basically centered around creating more opportunities for military spouse employment. The military spouse unemployment rate since 2010 has varied between 21 and 26 percent with a high reaching about 38 percent. Where are we today? I mean, obviously, there was a problem and an issue at that point in time. Before we talk about where we are today, explain why employment is so important for our military spouses. I think people um, think about, you know, if if people are thinking about military families outside of our community at all, they're thinking of the uh, maybe the 1950s paradigm of the military spouse that's a stay-home spouse and a military family that's actually able to make it on one salary. And that is not the case anymore. Much like our civilian counterparts, military families require two salaries to make ends meet, right? Um, You can see this in the uptick in terms of um, the military families experiencing food insecurity um, and military families that have no financial security. It's gotten to the point where if a military spouse wants to work, they should be able to work. And in many cases, it's not that a military spouse wants to work, they need to work because that family depends on that second income. This is the bottom line, why everyone should care about spouse employment. So it's also a readiness issue. It's absolutely a readiness issue because we know that, you know, when you're talking about an all-volunteer force, a lot of times those decisions to stay in or get out of the military are actually made around the kitchen table. It's the service member looking at their spouse and having that discussion and figuring out what's best for the family. And, you know, at the National Military Spouse Network, everything that we do is centered around the notion that a service member should never have to decide between what's best for their family versus should never have to choose between what's best for their family versus serving their country. They should be able to do both, right? I mean, if if a family is going to get out because the spouse can't work, then that's detrimental to our national security. Because yes, you can always recruit more 18, 19, 20-year-olds, but you look at the Navy and the Air Force that rely more on those mid-level NCOs and officers, it's very difficult and it's impossible to recruit that 10-year maintainer, to recruit that 10-year pilot. We need to retain the troops that we have. Readiness, retention, recruiting, all of that comes into play when you're talking the military spouse. Exactly. Let's go back to that unemployment rate 2010, when it really became apparent right in that time period that the military spouse was so critical to the success, basically, of all of our troops that were deploying at such high rates at that point in time. Right. To your point about 
the rate kind of stagnating in the 20s, right? Like between Vaseline between 20 and 26%. And yes, the 38% you talked about was a rate that people um, were reporting. Some nonprofits were reporting during the pandemic um, because, you know, military spouses had to leave their positions because they had to become, you know, the, yes, the caregiver, but also the um, educator <laughs> once, you know, the kids were at home from school. Um, so that's where that 38% outlier is. It did get to be quite high during the pandemic, um, but it has stayed stubbornly high, um, you know, even outside of the pandemic. It's been between 20 and 26%. That's amazing because, as you said, these are highly qualified people that are available for hire in your local communities. Just to give you a comparison between the military spouse numbers and our local veteran numbers, the unemployment rate for veterans in 2012 was about 12.8%. Today, it is at 2.5%, a huge drop. So, you know, companies are reaching out for qualified people. And and so things have changed. So let's talk a little bit about the 2023 white paper. What that is a huge initiative that has been gaining a tremendous amount of attention. Sue, tell me about the background on that. Sure. I, I, can I backpedal just a little bit and talk a little bit about what you were saying about the veteran unemployment numbers? Um, I love that you brought that up because I think I want to give props out to the people who deserve them. And that is the employers who have really made a huge effort to hire military spouses. And, you know, the same way that they were there for the veterans, the employers have been there for military spouses. When you look at the military spouse employment partnership, MSEP at DOD, at the Department of Defense, and other initiatives such as joining forces, they have done such a great job of bringing in employers who want to hire military spouses. But employing them is only half the the problem, right? We have to retain them. We have to retain them through PCSs. And I think this is one thing that you know and I know and people working in the field know, but people outside of our community may not understand that veteran employment issues and solutions are very different from military spouse employment and issues in that a veteran by virtue of being a veteran, is no longer subjected to directed moves. They can now choose when and where they move. And so if they have a job that they want to stay at, they can just decide to stay at that location. Like that can be where they now make their home forever. But a military spouse is still subject to a directed move every two and a half to three years, generally speaking. And so I think people forget the role that retention plays in that military spouse unemployment number versus the veteran unemployment number. Because I have a lot of people speaking to me and asking, what's wrong with you guys? Like veteran unemployment, we've, we solved it basically, right? If a veteran wants to be employed, they can find a job. What is so different with spouse unemployment? And I think it is that one simple fact that um, people overlook, and that is that military spouses are still subject to directed moves. I served on active duty as a reservist, but I also was a military spouse. So I understand the challenges uh, of being a military spouse, having to, we call it PCS or um, 
directed move on a regular basis, which is why I left active duty and became a reservist. So that was a part-time gig. But in the meantime, I was working full-time. So balancing things, transitioning, moving. I remember at one point, my spouse had to PCS from Virginia to California. He said, I'll meet you in California. And I'm going, I have to go to military school for two weeks, and we have two dogs. So we basically stayed in a hotel for two weeks, got back, loaded up the moving van, and drove to California and had to find another job. So those white papers are making such a difference. Let's go back and talk about that. Sure. I appreciate you highlighting them. We're really proud. You know, that first, I I still remember five years ago when I looked around and there was so much research being done and there were so many good surveys out there, but I was frustrated because they just stopped short. They would all come out and say, military spouses are unemployed and we have a very high unemployment number. And we're like, yeah, tell me something I don't know. Like, maybe tell me how we're going to solve this. And I was just so frustrated. And then that you've known me for a hot second. I'm like, I'm going to fix this. Um, (laughs) And I just looked and I said, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. We don't need to do any more research. We don't need to do another survey. What we really need is someone to like, look at a team of someone. to look at this information do the analysis, identify where the gaps are, and make some recommendations that would really help to mitigate the situation. And I just remember when we, so the first white paper we did out of hide, I didn't look for any sponsors. I didn't, you know, well, I'm like, this is just something that has to be done. So we, we just threw it out there. And, you know, our friends at USA got wind of it. And they're like, we want to be part of this. Like, let's have discussions. And we just want to be part of this. And then they've sponsored our white paper every year since. Let me get back to that in just a second. Thank you to Sue Hoppen the president and founder of the National Military Spouse Network. We are going to be back with Sue in just a moment. I'm Nanette Breday. You are listening to Veterans Voice Podcast, presented by USAA and coming to you from the Optum Podcast Studio. You're listening to the Veterans Voice, presented by USAA in partnership with Optum, Medicare Mentors, Colorado Computer Support, and the WireNet Home Services. Welcome back to the Veterans Voice, presented by USAA and coming to you from the Optum Podcast Studio. My name is Nanette Braday, and our guest today is Sue Hoppen, founder and president of the National Military Spouse Network. Sue, thanks for joining us. So happy to be here with you. Tell me how you got involved as a military spouse, obviously, because your husband, you said, is a 22-year Air Force veteran. How did you get involved in taking on this fight for more military spouse employment? I think it was, um, actually, I know exactly how I got involved. I I think my story will resonate with a lot of military spouses because they will recognize their story in it, which is, you know, I already had a degree when I married Kevin. And like you said, he was a 22-year Air Force veteran. And we had decided that if we had children, one of us was going to stay home until they were in school full time. And clearly that was going to be me because he wasn't taking time off. And um, by the time that our son was in school full time, we were overseas, back to back overseas assignments, first to Okinawa and then to Ramsan Air Base. And, you know, at the time, I didn't know that the things limiting my career options were uh, were the SOFA statuses. But 
there were very limited opportunities overseas. And so I went back and got another degree waiting for that time when I would be able to find a job and start on my career. Um, because, you know, there's no one that is more eligible for a job, uh, for a starting job than someone who's 40 years old and starting out on their career. But anyway, um, so by the time we came, rotated away from Gen um, Germany and came back to DC, I was really excited because I'm actually from this area and I had a master's degree and I spoke three languages and I figured people were going to be in line to hire me. The reality is everyone in DC is very smart, very talented, very well educated. And the only thing I had going for me was I was a military spouse, which I thought was a plus and everybody else thought was a detriment. So I had um, a binder where I kept all of my rejections and it was, it was about two inches thick and it was demoralizing and I didn't want anyone else to go through that because I realized that in, in a place like DC and in many other places where uh, families will find themselves stationed, it's all about who you know and the networks that you can plug into to get to that job more rapidly. And so I really wanted to create that um, good old boy network, so to speak, for military spouses uh, within the DC area and elsewhere so that they could have that leg up when it came to transitioning in this area. Um, and I just felt like there was something I could do to make their experience better. And, you know, I was raised that if there's something you could do to make things better, you do it. <laughs> um, and the mission has grown and, you know, we have an amazing team and I haven't lost the passion for the mission at all. I think I've been a one hit wonder since the day you met me, Nanette, and that was many years ago. And this is all I've cared about because I just think that I can't change a lot of the world, but maybe I can change and impact this little part of the world. And, you know, um, I always tell everybody that uh, the National Military Spouse Network is a social enterprise and my greatest hope, the greatest success we will ever see is the day we go out of business uh, because military spouse unemployment has been solved. And the tool that's really helping you get attention on this issue is your white paper. And January 25th, you released the 2023 white paper on military spouse employment, and that was supported by USAA, as you had mentioned previously. Right. But what do you hope that that will accomplish? So we hope that this one will accomplish what the other ones have, which is raise awareness and present solutions that policymakers will then enact solutions that will help mitigate some of these gaps that we've identified, right? Um, one of, you know, for an example, one of our recommendations is that we need to increase the number of military spouses working in the federal government because this would help solve so many of the issues faced by military spouses. Um, one, you know, being career mobility where, yes, I can find a job, but how about growing a career? Well, if I could get into the federal government, then maybe I could progress in my career, maybe not as rapidly as other people who have the luxury of staying in one place, but at least I could progress. So that by the time, you know, my service member is transitioning and we're able to stay in one place, then maybe I could really grow upon that career that I started when we were in the military lifestyle. Um, and then it also helps with the portability issue because we found that, you know, military spouses are actually able to um, keep their jobs as they're PCSing overseas because of um, a domestic employee telework overseas situation called a DEDO that allows them to just maintain these jobs overseas. And so getting more spouses in the federal government will help, you know, solve so many problems that 
we hope that agencies will pay attention. You know, we, all we can do is raise awareness, give them the background about why this would be so important, how this could solve the problems and what the issues are right now so that they can help to solve those problems by untangling the issues and fixing them where they live. Um, and we found that to be successful in the past. One of our recommendations was actually included in the 2022 NDAA, a recommendation where we called for uh, a study on military spouse employment and unemployment. And that report is actually due out to Congress by the end of this year. Um, DOD, the Department of Defense, will have to report back to Congress about what the root causes of military spouse unemployment and underemployment are and what they're going to do to solve them. Um, and then another one of our recommendations was introduced as uh, leg uh, potential legislation and that resulted in the Military Spouse Hiring Act. We've been working on this since the 116th Congress, so for four years now. Last year, we got so close. Um, we had, you know, just really great bipartisan support in both the House and the Senate, universally popular. Um, and then in the last minute, it was cut from the omnibus bill. Um, I have it on good authority that it will be reintroduced very rapidly in both the House and the Senate. And we're all hoping that this is the year it goes through. Fingers crossed that that does get approved and goes through. Right. What is the way ahead for National Military Spouse Network? Um, the way ahead for us is the way ahead for the military spouse community, right? Which is we need to get more people engaged. It's these problems are not going to be solved because military spouses care about them. We need all the allies out there. I mean, clearly Nanette, Nanette cares about them because you're a spouse, you're, you know, you're a veteran, but we need people who may not be connected to the military at all to say, this is an issue. I like having an all volunteer force. I don't necessarily want to serve myself, but I can support the people who do serve because if this is what they've chosen um, for their life's calling, then I can make their lives a little bit easier, which means I can make sure that their families are able to, you know, seek and attain the financial security that they deserve, just like everybody else. And, you know, we're not looking for, you know, a handout. We're not looking for um, any, any situation that's going to put us above anybody else. All we're looking for is equal access to opportunity. And I mean, I think military spouses and veterans and service members should have equal access as their um, civilian counterparts, right? And that's all any of these recommendations would seek to do. So we're hoping that our allies out there, our civilian friends could jump on board and um, and care. And part of that caring is just letting you know their legislators know, look, these are my neighbors. I care about these issues. I'm your constituent. And I think that this is great legislation and maybe think about co-sponsoring it. Um, the other thing is just being aware of the issues, um, you know, People it, were not back in World War II where everybody knew someone who served, right, by virtue of the draft. And um, up until the Vietnam War, everyone knew someone who served. Now, less than 1% of the population serves. Only 8% has ever served. We have a very small number of um, veterans in Congress. So a lot of people are removed from the situation and don't understand our issues. So being aware of the issues, and if you're a military family member and you're asked to give it, um, to give your story, to share your story, share your perspective, share your advice, do it, take the time and do it. Because if people are curious and interested about our lives, then make sure that they understand what your life is and what the challenges are um, and where the opportunities are for them to plug in. And uh, I think it's just all common sense, right? Just stay engaged, stay interested and engage where you can. Um, 
you know, people hate doing surveys. People hate filling out surveys. You know, people talk about the survey fatigue all the time. But if someone sends you a survey, that is them asking you for input so that they can help formulate better policies and solutions. So fill out the surveys. If you're invited to participate on a focus group for your legislator, go. Give your opinion. Get engaged. If these are issues you care about, then you need to stay engaged because um, people like me, people, um, other people who care and advocate, we can do the heavy lift, but we can't do it all because they don't want to just hear from people who are advocating. They want to hear from the grassroots, from the constituents who are going to tell them, I care, I vote, and you should sponsor this. And that's at a macro level. Absolutely. So let's, let me ask you the question, what can we do here at a local level? What can employers do to help swing the pendulum? Uh, hire a spouse, hire a military spouse. And when that spouse leaves, hire another one. And, um, you know, and if you're a member of the Chamber of Commerce, become that advocate and say, you know, I hired a spouse and holy cow, they're such hard workers. You might consider it. Here's how you get connected. I, I, I think if a local employer cares about these issues, they could become an advocate for the community. And um, it doesn't take much. If we even get one more spouse hired, that's a great news story because that next person is going to go and become an advocate and get another spouse hand, um, you know, hired. And it all starts with small actions. If each one of us can make one action, I think we could solve this, um, you know, this very difficult dilemma of spouse unemployment, you know, the, this crazy high unemployment rate. You have been such a pleasure to talk to, and you are obviously so passionate about helping solve the issues surrounding military readiness as it is associated with military spouse employment, unemployment, and underemployment. Our guest today has been Sue Hoppen, the president and founder of the National Military Spouse Network. Sue, how can people find you? So connect with us on Facebook. We're at um, National Military Spouse Network or NMS Network. And we're on Instagram and LinkedIn. Connect with us. Stay in touch with us. Download the white paper at nationalmilitaryspousenetwork.org. Um, give it a read. Uh, let us know what you think. And if you think that any of these policies make sense, reach out to your legislators and let them know that, hey, these people have some good solutions for this problem that is a threat to our national security. Hand it to your defense policy person and see if it makes sense for you. And if it does, you're welcome. Um, you know, uh, the more people that are aware of the issues, the better chance we have of solving the problem. So I really appreciate your time, Nanette. Thank you so much for highlighting military spouse employment and for, you know, giving us an opportunity to talk about our white paper. I am passionate about this issue because I think this is an issue that we can solve. Sue Hoppen. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you so much for being with us. I'm Thanks Nanette so. Brede, coming to you from the Veterans Voice, presented by USAA, and coming to you from the Optum Podcast Studio. Next week, join us when we talk with the Veterans Administration and look at their new health app, 719 Heroes and Housing for Veterans, and mayoral candidate Wayne Williams. And remember to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. To get the full hour of Veterans Voice on demand wherever you are, go to your favorite podcast platform and veteransvoice.us. That's veteransvoice.us.
You've been listening to The Veterans Voice, presented by USAA. Veterans Voice is a service of Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center and originates from the Optum Podcast Studio, located on the Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center campus in Colorado Springs, Colorado. The podcast channel is provided by Medicare Mentors. Computing Power is provided by Technology Partner Colorado Computer Support. Additional funding is provided by Supporting Partner The Wirenut Home Services. Veterans Voice airs on flagship station KRDO News Radio Sundays at 7.30 a.m. The podcast publishes Saturday at 8 a.m. and is available on all your favorite podcast apps. Hi, I'm Mike Richmond of the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs with information on an important free resource for veterans, the VA Health and Benefits app. The tool is like a one-stop shop for veterans. It allows them to view or cancel VA medical appointments, send and receive messages from healthcare providers, and download VA benefit letters to provide veteran status or disability payments. Veterans can also manage existing VA claims, find the closest VA medical centers, and get quick access to the VA crisis line. You can download the Health and Benefits app on your iPhone or at the Google App Store, or wherever you normally get your mobile apps. If you already use this app, please share your feedback on your phone's app store. That's the VA Health and Benefits mobile app. I'm Mike Richmond. Look, I want to talk to you about something serious. If you're a veteran and having thoughts of suicide, you are not alone. There are people out there that have your back, like Next Chapter, with free services like health and wellness counseling, transition and employment, and family services like housing, food aid, and financial assistance. To learn more, visit nextchapterco.org, because your next chapter is worth writing. If you or someone you know may be considering suicide, dial 988-PLUS-1.